0: Welcome to everybody here and everybody joining us from wherever you are in the world, including uh, people that I know that are signing in right now from Ukraine. Um, As far as things go, of course, a big thanks to Silicon Slopes for hosting us here and putting this all together. Uh, But there's a lot of people that uh, I want to mention as well. The uh, consulate of Ukraine in San Francisco, of course, we've got Dimitro here, our consul general. And so we appreciate their help and support. The Honorary Consulate of Ukraine in Utah and Jonathan Friedman, who's the Honorary Consul. He wishes he could be here. Unfortunately, he's out of town, but uh, he sends his best. The Utah Ukrainian Association, a great charity that's here. We appreciate their help and support in this. Um, I want to specifically call out Michael Wollstenhume and Spencer. And I want to say your last name right. Fund, did I get that right? Where's Spencer at? I know he's here. There's Spencer. So Michael Wollstenhume and... and, uh, Spencer and others worked really hard on a website that we'll show you that they've built called HireUkrainetech.com, so we're going to highlight that, and, and that uh, is just you know, volunteer work that they've done to try to help the cause. Uh, we want to thank Bondcom uh, for their work, a great ad agency here, and they've done a lot of work in putting together a video which we'll share, which uh, includes comments from leaders in Utah's tech scene as well as from Ukraine. And a special thank you to Chaz Kelly for Yeoman's work in editing the video and uh, with direction from his partner there, Kevin Kelly, uh, who is just fantastic. Yeah, they did great work. You'll see that when the video comes together, and we so appreciate them. Uh, We've had support from the Communications Department of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and we really are grateful for that, and the Sterling Foundation as well for donations to help make everything come together. So thank you to them. And especially, uh, we want to thank you know, all the people in the Utah and Ukrainian tech communities who've participated in, in bringing this together. And, and hey, Bruce, uh, and shout out to the August mission as well, uh, and thanks for their support and helping make ties between our community and theirs. So lots of people to thank. Um, and let's go ahead and jump in. We've got a lot to talk about. So the run of show today is going to be Going to be pretty straightforward. I'm going to introduce Dimitro, who's here from San Francisco. Um, He's going to share a brief presentation, about five minutes, on what's going on with the uh, IT sector in Ukraine today. Then Dimitro and I are going to sit down and kind of have a fireside chat for a bit. We'll we'll share a video then and some um, resources for ways people can get involved, and we'll have a brief. Um, period of time. It's going to be short for Q&A with the audience. So If you've got a burning question, be ready. We're, we're definitely not going to get to all the questions in, in that uh, time that we've got. But Demetra and I will stay here as well for uh, you know about a half an hour afterwards if there's other things you want to talk about. So that's what we're going to do. Um, just a quick introduction of me. I'm Owen Fuller. I'm the CEO of Mark. And that's what I do most of my time as I focus on um, growing a great company that I love. <clears throat> but I also have a lot of ties to Uh, the part of the world where Ukraine is at. I've lived there, um, not in Ukraine, but in the Czech Republic, and spent a lot of time there since. And, uh, you know, my wife teases me that I never came home from there, that I'm actually still there in my mind and in heart. In some ways, that's true. You know, you, you find a love of people and a culture and a history. And because of that, I felt very connected to what's happening in Ukraine. I've been following and watching closely for a long time. Um, not just recently, and am definitely committed to doing everything that I can to help. And so that's why I'm here and I'm trying to get things like this uh, organized. And um, now I want to introduce Dimitro. Um, So Dimitro is the Consul General of Ukraine in San Francisco. It's a really critical role for Ukraine as he's uh, supporting work in 11 states, which includes uh, my original home state of Alaska, which I love, and here in Utah and Idaho and others as well as California and Hawaii. And um, so we're so grateful to have uh, Dimitro here. And with no further ado, Dimitro, do you want to come on up? Welcome. Dimitro Kushneru. And, and as I mentioned, Dimitro, if it's OK, we'll go ahead and just get started with your presentation. Is that all right?
1: OK. Yeah, hello, everyone. So uh, First of all, I would like to thank, thank you all very much for coming. Uh, because if you came, I, I believe you're not just came out of interest, but because you care, you want to help support Ukraine. Of course, the Ukrainians who are here, of course, as well. And uh, I want to thank everybody whom uh, Owen has just um, uh, thanked, and personally him as well, for doing the most of that, organizing it, everything. Also, of course, Silicon Slopes, and uh, uh, everyone else who to work with us during preparation, to Micah, to, 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 Ke- to Kevin Kelly, John Friedman, and, uh, everyone, and to Matt, uh, well, and everyone else. Thank you so much. So uh, I will just give a b- very brief presentation just to leave more time to, to our question answers. Uh, so can we have uh, next slide, please? Yeah. So Ukraine, um, Ukraine in tech, uh, Ukraine has always been quite successful. And we believe Ukraine is number one in Europe, to be honest. And uh, we, Ukraine has always been a major IT hub. It, in the IT services, tax services take about 4% of our all uh, GDP. And uh, we have been showing 25-30% growth every year. And uh, all the income from IT and tax services is about 6 billion per year, which is significant for Ukraine. And that comes mostly because of our very talented Ukrainian developers, engineers. So we have about 300,000 of them in Ukraine with a great education. Next slide, please. Um, and of course that's that's why ukraine was ranking ukraine tech was ranking very high in all those uh, international rankings like in digital technology and outsourcing destination in europe number one and the number one in many, many different other rankings uh... next slide please uh... and uh... Uh, the specification kind of, of our IT sector is that 51% of our companies are service companies providing uh, software and different other internet, uh, engineering services. 33% are both service and product companies, and 16% are product companies. And those areas in which we have been working closely with the United States, for example, with are, were the e-commerce, banking, fintech, and other industries as well. And we have about 5,000 companies all together. Next slide, please. Uh, yeah, so our uh, export, as you can see probably in this uh, it was growing from the last four years. And our biggest destination of services was the United States. So 40% of our scope of uh, IT services provided was the United States. That's why Ukrainian companies are experienced in working with the US. We understand the needs, we understand the specifics, how, how it should work. That's why we believe uh, Ukraine is a great partner, Ukrainian IT companies are a great partner to work with for United States companies and for Utah companies in particular. Next slide, please. Uh, yeah, so as you can see, even this year, Ukrainian tech has shown a lot of resilience. So even like January, February, that's the two months before the war. And the, last, and the months which come after, there was still uh, almost the same uh, scope of uh, the... Work that has been provided and the number of export volume has remained pretty much the same. That's because of the contracts which have been uh, done before the war, and the companies were executing it, completely doing that, uh, fulfilling what they have to do. And even uh, the prospective growth this year is about 13%, even despite the war. Next slide, please. That's because all the companies have shown... Uh, there were business continuity plans they were adjusting, they also had a lot of flexibility and strategy given the circumstances they done the relocation of teams uh, to save people and many other things next slide please um, yeah so as for the Ukrainian tech in phase of the war about 88% of the companies they keep working absolutely keep working 9% of the staff of the companies have joined so called cyber force percent. They joined the armed forces of Ukraine. Next slide, please. And uh, these are the destination of the relocation, which has been done, as you see, there's 45 done the relocation of all the IT companies, 42 done the partial relocation to other countries like Poland, Germany, Romania, and uh, Turkey, and Spain, and Portugal. And 55 did not relocate, but they moved people probably to those areas affected by the war to those areas which have not been affected by the war in Ukraine. Next slide, please. Uh, And that, of course, provides a lot of opportunities for, so the war, even though it creates problems, it also provides opportunities and the per- sectors in which we are good at right now is the cybersecurity, Ironman Man tech, and military tech, and that that provides us a good opportunities. Next slide. Um, yeah, so the, one of the reasons why we keep running, because we have a lot of starlings, about 20,000 starlings, and uh, that happened before uh, when Elon Musk was doing good. At some point he decided to, st- to write uh, strange tweets, as you know. Uh, but then he got a little bit better. But still, we have Starlinks and we keep them running. That's why our uh, IT companies and military can do good in times of war. Next slide, please. And this is the, uh, one of the most successful things what our government did in the digital sphere. It's called DIA or Action. It's a government portal and web uh, and an application for a mobile phone where all of your uh, IDs passports, uh, driving license, all of things like that are online, and you can use them without their proper version. This was especially effective when the people when lost their homes so it was for example destroyed and they lost of their documents, but it was all on their cell phone or you could have this running from everywhere and uh, also that helped with the diff- with another thing next slide when the government, uh, yeah, created so-called like application called Evorog. It's like e-Enemy, electronic enemy. It's when you, as a Ukrainian, you could um, uh, use like a chatbot to upload information about the movement of Russian troops, of Russian tanks, of anywhere you saw. It was especially f- useful at the first months of the war when you all saw the pictures and the videos of huge columns of Russian tanks in different parts of the country. And so the people saw, people could authenticate using the DIA and then report information and send the coordinates pictures. And then our Ukrainian military used its information to target those Russian uh, columns of tanks. Next slide. And these are the, uh, the vacuum-tap uh, deep tech acceleration, which the uh, Ministry of Digital Transformation has created. For different kinds of things, including the army of drones. This is the army of drones, cre- kind of created by the uh, Ukrainian uh, government. So, it's, we were, collecting, we we're collecting drones from people, also fundraising money for drones, purchasing lots and lots of drones, because this is a very modern war, contemporary war, which is very different from everything that happened before. And that's why Ukrainians are so effective right now. We use a lot of those drones, and we're doing that successfully. Next slide. And also the, the drones, naval drones, is a new, very new thing which did not uh, exist before. Uh, and some of those drones were used to attack the, 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 the Russian ships. We, we did not say whose drones they were, we didn't know who they were. They just attacked. And next slide. Uh, yeah, so just as the, 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 to conclude, so Ukrainian companies continue to deliver the good results. 88 of them continue to work. And the total value of all Ukrainian startups is about 23, uh, 23 billion dollars. And next slide. So thank you very much, Yuta, for your support. Thank you for uh, this event, and I'll be uh, happy to do the conversation. Thank you. thank you.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that, Dimitro. And um, we don't have, you know, time to cover all of the aspects of things that i'm sure the audience would would love to talk about but i when i when i ask people what they'd want to know about one of the things that people are curious about and i'm just going to move a little bit away from just the focus on the technology and the it sector but just to know what's it like on the ground right there today what was it like when the war started for you and your loved ones what's it what's it like now can you just give a little bit of that picture
1: yeah so Uh, First of all, people did not expect that. Even though, you know, here in the US news, everyone was anticipating that. But in Ukraine, people were kind of uh, thought that the the real war would not happen. And then when they woke up by the explosions, by the blasts, which they heard in the four o'clock in the morning, that was really an unexpected thing. And uh, and many of them uh, really just got their things and started to evacuate. The other people said, okay, it's just a new reality, we're going to live with that. Uh, And uh, what was bad was those people who did did not evacuate around Kiev and those territories which were uh, occupied by Russia first two months of the war. And these were the real tragedies happened and uh, where we after had lots and lots of Unfortunately, dead bodies even on the streets, and there were pictures around that, uh, around the world, like in Bucha, some other places. So we have, everyone has friends uh, right now who have suffered. Everyone has friends who are at the war, and we try, all the Ukrainians, to help your friends who are at the war, just you try to send them what's needed, uh, from all the special equipment to, again, drones and everything like that. So... Um, it's it's like that. And uh, right now the Ukrainians kind of get used to this new reality, if you can a- even ever say that you can get used to the war, and showing lots of resilience, of course. But unfortunately, you definitely have at least one example issue of Ukrainians when someone has died already, has been killed by Russians. And that's that's really a tra- tragedy.
0: Yeah, thank you for painting that picture. And, um, you know, we, we know that today... Winter is coming, there's been these big attacks that have been focused on the uh, energy in Ukraine. And so I'm ju- just curious, how would you describe the biggest challenge facing Ukraine right now in this environment?
1: Yeah, so the biggest challenge right now, exactly as you mentioned, is the energy. because. On a battlefield, uh, we have been, Ukraine has been quite successful last month in uh, regaining control of the territory. So as for this moment, we managed to uh, regain control of the 55% of the territory which Russia occupied initially in the first weeks of the war. And the biggest challenge right now is the attacks on the energy infrastructure on the power grid because Russia while losing in a battlefield switched to attacking our uh, power grid power infrastructure to just to make ukraine the hope that ukraine will surrender because of that but uh, and ukrainians are suffering because of that. let's let's face it uh, that's true there are power outages they are usually according to some schedule but of course, people are are not happy and cannot be happy with that. I, I even cannot imagine. I don't know, like the United States, something like this. How people would would survive? Probably, they would not. Uh, but Ukrainians are really got uh, are really resilient with that, and uh, that is why our biggest uh, task right now is to get as much help and assistance as possible with the restoring our energy infrastructure, because every time Russia attacks, for example, with 100 missiles a day, our power uh, stations, uh, it requires a lot of time to, to repair that. And f- to repair that you don't even only need the work of people, but you need special equipment, like sometimes it's very expensive and a huge equipment which you cannot just go and buy in the store. You have to import it from different countries and not even all the countries have it in, in enough capacities. So that's a challenge. Uh, but uh, what's most important is that all of the people of Ukraine are saying we're going to we can overcome it. We can live over this winter, even if it's going to be a cold winter. But most importantly, uh, because if it's needed to win the war, we will do it. Let our army do the job. Let our uh, armed forces do, the, do their job, and the rest of Ukrainians will be, will overcome this uh, d- difficult situation. Thank you, uh, Dimitrov,
0: for sharing that. And you know, I I know that there these are politically sensitive questions in some ways, but. Um, you know, there's there's a lot going on in D.C., obviously, with uh, the elections, the midterms just happening. And uh, in some uh, circles, there are critics who have, you know, uh, risen about the U.S.'s support of Ukraine. And what would you say uh, to those who are critical of the U.S.'s support of Ukraine so far?
1: Uh- you know, like right now, it's, it's not only about support to some country called Ukraine, right? Mm-hmm. This is the, uh, the, the, the main purpose of why this help is provided is because there is one country who just attacked the other, is killing people. Yeah. So I guess United States, if we're talking about the help from United States, has always stood for such values as human life, human rights, uh, freedom. And right now, Ukraine is this place where uh, these values are being attacked. So... By providing help, the United States is basically helping save people's lives, helping save civilian lives. Uh, the life of children, because this war, almost 500 children have been killed and twice as much were injured. And uh, so I, I just can not understand why there's been a question, how you, why should you help? And why the life of Ukraine, of the people, for example, in the, just across the border, uh, where there's NATO, right? are uh, value more, and there is no question the help should be done. And just across the border, 10 kilometers from there, there's Ukraine, which is probably not a member of NATO right now, but the life, the, the value of the human life is the same, right? So I think it's, uh, everything should be done to help so, uh, save those lives. And this help has been effective. It helps. It helps to fight uh, Russian aggression. So again, as I mentioned, Ukraine is successful in doing that. And, uh, you know, and Russia is openly saying that the United States is the enemy right now. NATO yep. and the United States is the enemy. So if we Ukrainians are fighting against your enemy and doing it successfully, so provide us everything we need to do it, because like the enemy of the enemy is your friend. And you can always count on Ukrainians to, to do this. That's why I think it just has to be uh, not only continued but increased, because everyone is in Ukraine is expecting that. And this will help protect the freedom and such important human uh, values uh, which are the same for Ukraine, for the United States, and for all the civilized world. Thank you, Dimitro, for that. And if I may, I'll just editorialize a little
0: bit on this one because it's a lot of, um, you know, it's a topic that I've spent a lot of time thinking about. And, you know, I think that there is a right side and wrong side of history on this argument. And... I'd really encourage anybody who is wondering about this to to think about that point. I think sometimes people get lost in little elements, like, is it reasonable to say, yes, we should have good oversight on what money we send to Ukraine and how we support Ukraine? Sure. I think that's reasonable. I think it's reasonable to say that, you know, we need to make sure that we're building support among allies. And not just going it alone, because uh, the U.S. can't just bear all the burdens of this kind of thing. But we need to, you know, be leading a, a global uh, network of countries and people who love freedom and are supporting the cause. So I think that's totally reasonable. But I, I do know people. I mean, I, I and I've talked to them that I uh, that I can only describe as being either um, pro-Putin or pro-Russian or or even maybe just pro-appeasement in this case. And I would just. Tell you that you're on the wrong side of history and that's that's been um you know when 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 freedom is challenged like it is uh there's a choice for the u.s are we going to be the leader of the free world or not and if we don't lead out there that seat is empty no one else can lead it there's no one else with the power with the capability to be that leader and so certainly with the context that I have and people that are in elected office, I'll continue advocating every way I can to give Ukraine what they need to win. And there's an intellectual argument about that, which you can also get into things about, you know, China has described its friendship without limits. Some people say, well, China's the U.S.'s number one geopolitical foe right now. And I'd say, yeah, and, and they're tied at the hip with Putin and Russia. And, and so there's those intellectual arguments. But much more important to me is what you talked about. Are we, are we, cre- we going to be building a future for our kids where we say it's okay if you have nuclear power that you can just go to your neighbors and just start killing people? And, and what, what precedent does that set for the future of our world and for our kids and for all kids around the world? So that's you know, my comment on that. Um, thank you. Appreciate it. So, you know, Dimitro, sometimes in these situations it's hard for people to visualize the end of war. Like, how does that happen? And, and, and it's, if you can't visualize it, it's hard to work towards it. How would you describe a potential ending of the war? What does that mean?
1: Well, uh, our President Zelensky, during his uh, his speech to the leaders of the G20, or we we call it now G G19 summit, which uh, where the President Biden also went to, uh, uh, he said that we we propose uh, our kind of conditions for for the end of the war. And those are, And President Zelensky decided to do it publicly, right? So we're not going to negotiate with, with Putin, with Russia, like, unofficially and make some trading of something. No. He said it, like, publicly. And they, those are the ten, uh, ten most important things. I would, I would not go into details because it's so long. But most importantly is the radiation and nuclear safety. So no one is allowed and, and will never should be allowed to threaten the, with the nuclear blackmail the world and do create the food security energy security uh, release of all prisoners uh, and then the should be implementation of the united nations charter in respect to territorial integrity and uh, sovereignty of ukraine and and as to any other states and withdrawal of all Russian troops, the basically number one uh, demand from all the territory of Ukraine. And, uh, of course, it's the justice, so punishment for those who committed the war crimes, and uh, there were lots, lots of war crimes committed by uh, Russian soldiers in this war and their command. And the prevention of uh, further escalation and uh, the guarantees that this will not be repeated uh, in future. So the base, most important for us... We were ready to, to do this public negotiation, so to say, uh, but the requirement is that Russian troops should withdraw from our territory because they invaded, and uh, like it happened last time in the Second World War, the, the only end for that sh- should be that the aggressor the should be brought back to his territory. And that's a realistic uh, how the war will, will end, and uh, our prognosis, the next year, next year, it should be it should end with this or other way.
0: Thanks, Dimitro for sharing that vision of of, uh, how this can unfold. So let's get back to talking a little bit about uh, more about ties between the Utah community and Ukraine. And, and let's talk about what it means to rebuild after war. What does the future of Ukraine look like? And in you know, in
1: with IT as part of that? Yeah, so uh, because the significant part of Ukraine was uh, damaged or destroyed by Russian attacks by Russian uh, bombs or uh, missile attacks we believe that even though it creates huge problem but it's provides opportunity to build like a new Ukraine Mm -hmm. uh, without using this old uh, approach of to building to technologies but using the 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 new technologies especially for example again in energy right, so uh, our um, energy system was a little bit outdated before and now we're kind of during the war We're already rebuilding it in a more decentralized way And to use, we we will use more uh, renewable technologies uh, So not depending just on a grid will more depending on a on a solar or uh, on a wind uh, Actually, we had we had the solar and wind uh, uh, power stations in in Crimea, which was occupied by Russia, and in the south of Ukraine, where now we are regaining control of. So this provides opportunities, and we know that there are lots of uh, Utah companies, at least many of them, who are quite successful in that. And we really think it's the chance for them to use these technologies in Ukraine mm. to, like, it's a huge way, um, field for testing how they really can work. How they can really work in, in different uh, circumstances and uh, this will be like a really potential to, to, to cooperate between ukraine and the utah in this sphere and of course the um, the cooperation between utah and Ukrainian it companies tech companies it's has a long way to do but we should not wait until the end of the war for that we should do it right now right away and it's easy easy to do I appreciate that, and I know in a, in a minute we're going to go ahead and queue up a video that
0: is this video that has voices both from the Utah tech community and from Ukraine, but uh, you mentioned some things in your presentation about how really there is uh, so much of the workforce of Ukraine that's available, that's hungry for work, that's engaged right now. What would you say about uh, that aspect of, of how how much of the workforce, and particularly in IT, is engaged, they're, they're resilient, working through challenges with internet connections and they are uh, ready to go to work. What would you say about that?
1: Yeah. So uh, the first of all, Ukrainians um, have always have worked for a long time for we have clients uh, in the United States, uh, and Ukrainian IT companies have worked for, for Google, for Facebook, for, for Meta, for Amazon, for all the big, big companies. Historically, they have been very effective and successful. And uh, now, even with the uh, threats of the power outages, uh, all the companies and people and uh, workers have adapted a lot. They have, some of them have power generators, or mostly I would say the companies do have, of course. And they have put a lot of in the cloud. Uh, they also relocated people where they do not depend on that. They have the stable internet connections, so even during the power outages, it showed that there was no abruption of internet connections for uh, IT companies, because they were they are already prepared for that. And we have joked that in the future Ukraine probably will be the country. Most of the uh, all other people uh, in the world uh, prepared for anything like this, for any apocalypse that would, might happen, you know? <laughs> uh, and uh, so they're already doing that. That's why, uh, because, our, and also one of the reasons, you know, people say that why Ukrainians are also successful in the battlefield with Russians, because many Ukrainian smart people have very good education, especially in the tech uh, sphere. Uh, and uh, when they're on a battlefield, they think smartly, and that's why they they, um, they win over Russians because of that, not only because of the, you know, artillery and other things. Uh, so, uh, really, it's a very good potential to work, and uh, uh, all of them are very open they, uh, to work with uh, tech companies in Utah. Uh, and... Um, We should just do that and build those bridges and do it right away because the war is in one part of the country, on the east, but in the rest of the country is working, keeping the economy running. And uh, we always say that the best ways to help Ukraine is to invest in Ukraine. It doesn't mean you have to, you know, bring your money to invest in in something like real estate. No, just give work for those people and they will do the job. And in this way, you support Ukraine, and you actually get beneficial for your own as well. Thank you, Dimitri. Appreciate it. So we're going to go ahead and queue up this video.
0: Again, thank you to Boncom and Chaz specifically for putting this video together and all that participated. I know that in the way that it's going to stream through here, there might be a little bit of hitches in the video. We'll get a version out to share that is that uh, original file as well, so you can uh, see that and share it in the not-too-distant future. But let's go ahead and play the video. We came together as a community and stood in solidarity with Ukrainians, both in our local community and abroad, in light of the Russian invasion. We hoisted the Ukrainian flag above this building, which was the first time in Utah's history that another nation has had their flag fly above our capital
1: parallels in Utah and Ukraine just being so focused on software development and and having that as as kind of a personality trait of their tech community here. I think it's one of the unique things of having a state that lit up the capital with the Ukrainian colors of their flag and had a rally really come together. I know there's a lot of tech leaders that were there that day that really rallied behind the entire country.
0: Thank you, everybody. Thanks for coming. Give yourselves a round of applause for being here and supporting this just cause against a very unjust war. The whole world has to say when these things happen that are wrong and when freedom is challenged, those of us who value it are going to stand up and do that. And we're going to find ways to invest in their businesses. We're going to find their entrepreneurs and build them up and help them uh, globalize their companies. We can do a lot to help them other than just providing humanitarian aid, expanding their economy, keeping it running, keeping money flowing in. Ukraine's built an amazing technology economy over the last decade. We've been amazed at, even through the last year as you've been fighting a war, People have continued to be amazing partners. We have two developers still in Ukraine. They're working despite blackouts and insane work conditions. They're using satellite internet, portable electric generators. They show up and they do their work every day. Just wanted to share my support and admiration for the wonderful people of Ukraine who are fighting for their freedom. We pray for you, we think about you, and I admire all of your courage.
2: I went there about 10 years ago and I conducted research. I fully immersed myself into this country and I learned so much. I love it. It is beautiful. And I just want to say that I support and care about you.
0: So the great thing about using Ukrainian developers, highly skilled, very proficient, great work ethic. They always deliver. And they're skilled people that are willing to do good work. We just want the people of Ukraine to know that we see you, we hear you, and we absolutely stand with you. We stand with our friend and teammate, Alexander, his family from Kharkiv and all of the Ukrainian people. We hope that peace and prosperity and justice come soon for Ukraine. Just wanted to send a quick message of love and support for our brothers and sisters and friends there in Ukraine, especially for those in the tech community.
2: I just wanted to share a message of amazement at the resilience and courage you all have shown through the most adverse conditions. We've all been so inspired by the last few months. And if success in technology requires beating the odds,
1: every venture dollar in the world should be going to Ukraine right now. My love, my support, my thoughts and prayers are with the great people of Ukraine. Thank you, and please join us in helping that marvelous country regain its freedom and its glory and liberty.
0: Ukraine has long been known for their expertise in software development, and they are hungry for the business.
2: Uh, It might feel a little scary to start working with the Ukrainian people in a time of uncertainty. But our experience has been that they have done amazing work and that it actually raises the conscience and the values and the emotional intelligence of the entire
0: company. Ukraine has always been a very economical choice. You know, the, the ability for workers on the other side of the world to work for you know, lower cost and and higher quality of work in a lot of cases is, is an argument that could have been made before any of this conflict started.
2: And the stronger that we can become with well-educated countries that have that foundation in democracy, the better we are as a whole.
0: Yeah, we we
2: went from being a little worried about can we give these teams critical work to being unbelievably thankful that they're taking on some of the most important things that we're doing
0: it's not just for their careers and for their company, but really for the future of Ukraine.
1: The least I can do is give amazing people great jobs. Like that's the easiest thing I can do is like, oh, you're awesome.
2: Let me pay you to do fantastic work. And there's absolutely no reason to neglect a country that's going through conflict simply because of the conflict, especially when there's a wealth of talent that needs jobs.
1: No hard
0: times have come in our country
2: tens of thousands of top developers lost their job overnight
1: and it is
0: important for us that the IT sector
1: develops we are looking for opportunities to use our coding skills
2: and are ready to take on your projects and get back to their normal lives
0: I'm gonna ask you to help us and help our developers because Ukraine has always been uh, famous for some of the best developers we really hope that uh... We'll have the possibility to work together. I want to uh,
2: thank uh, all the Utah community for helping us in this uh, such terrible time. Despite all difficulties, we are continuing to provide high quality products. We are all highly motivated to develop our own country and make it a better place to work and live. I'm Ukrainian, and I'm ready to work
0: with Utah Tech. During these tough times, I wish all Ukrainians to stay strong and united.
1: Thank you, Utah and Silicon Sloops, for supporting Ukrainian software engineers. They are very really appreciated from the bottom of our hearts. And I hope more
0: and more companies will have a chance to work with talented people of Ukraine. So contact us and let's do this. Slavut, Anybody with questions? Go ahead, Romney. us are interested in knowing how we can help so by way of i know through partnership with august mission with bruce that companies are donating products that are being shipped over for those of us who are ceos of companies or involved with companies who want to be helpful are there any general or specific opportunities you could identify
1: yeah so right now uh... as i mentioned we like urge everyone to concentrate in uh... in helping ukraine uh... through uh... to uh, our energy infrastructure so that means uh, like the easiest way would be to help if you do, if you're thinking about donations uh to to do that to uh, yeah, of course we, we support the August mission as well and um, right now also the ukrainian uh, Utah association they have launched a, product, a project uh, where you can donate them and this will go specifically the donations to purchase the power generators which will be then sent to Ukraine and they will be provided to those. Who cannot afford to buy them uh, themselves like to hospitals to our schools like to all those all those kind of things, and uh, our idea is to to, do, to get collection uh, donations for at least fifty of those power generators that will uh, really make uh, make a huge difference and this uh, of course for the um, for the companies who are not only considering donations but who want to help in a different way is just as I mentioned, please hire a Ukrainian tech companies who will do the job for you, and you will in, in such a way you will provide the money to Ukrainians who will do, put it in the Ukrainian economy, you, uh, do the, you provide work for people who uh, go and buy food, and you kind of support all, everyone. So that's like a mutually beneficial way of doing so. So I would say there are two, two ways of doing that. And I
0: would just add, I'm going to share, uh, hopefully I don't um, cause any problems for the IT team. I know they're working hard on the, the video. But I'm just going to see if I can get any screen mirroring on here. Um, It should um, come up. So this is uh, hireukrainetech.com. This is a website that uh, I mentioned Michael Wolfson, Hume, and others have built uh, as volunteers. And this is a great website that that features a whole bunch of these Ukrainian uh, companies that are open for work, open for business. They went through a process where they looked for these companies online, found ones that were... Um, you know functioning communicative, and uh, have a lot of information about them here and then there 's a spot at the at the bottom of the site where if you know of any that were missed, people can actually fill out this form so a shout out to our friends in the Khmelnitsky uh, how'd I do pretty good good enough region Oblast in uh, Ukraine, who particularly we 've worked with and populating a lot of this and others, so we really appreciate that. Um, but, uh, you know, th- this is a great resource to go to if you're a, a Utah CEO and you're looking to um, hire some people in the uh, tech realm in Ukraine. And we'll keep adding to that. So thanks again to Mike and his team for doing that. And um, then I wanted to just also highlight, uh, when you asked in ways to help, you know, we're, we're really focused on this, this first point of uh, connecting uh, more uh, of the tech communities together. But there is this Utah Ukrainian Association of 501c3 that Dimitro mentioned. This is their website, which is utahukrainians.org. And that's a great place to go. You can donate there. And the donations for the next two weeks will go uh, just purely towards this uh, energy needs that we talked about. So if you feel inclined there, um, I think those are two great ways that you can um, get involved right away. So I I would highlight both of those in uh, ways to help. Great question. Other questions? Yeah. Go ahead. Thanks. Uh, Do either of you know of any efforts that are happening here in the U.S. for the 100,000-plus Ukrainians that are now here that are looking for work in terms of coordinated efforts, helping them with language, develop skills that they can then take back to Ukraine after this?
1: Yeah. So um, there is a number of Ukrainians who arrived to the United States after this. Initiative was first announced, then it took some time to finally start being realized through uh, United for Ukraine program, so-called for u when the U.S. family has to sponsor uh, and support the family coming to to United States. And uh, many of those, I mean, they're distributed around the country on the East Coast, here on the West Coast, and to Utah as well. And uh, they, 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 they can apply for worker serialization It also takes a long of time. To be honest, Uh, we as a consul have a lot of, like, complaints from people about that. Mm. But that's something which the federal government can only do. uh, But uh, the the difference maybe between Ukrainians and some other people coming, the Ukrainians do not want to receive, like, the benefits from the country, from the state. They just want to start working immediately just to be independent. But... Not all of them can because of those uh, bureaucratic constraints. Mm -hmm. Uh, But again, I I know that in Utah and uh, the the governor is doing uh, has provided the conditions for them to do whatever. It depends on the state level uh, for them to be integrated and uh, to feel themselves not like a guest, but as a you know, okay, in a guest in a positive way. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, and. but all we in Ukraine will expect these people, as actually mentioned, right, to come back. To pack, come back after the war will be over and to bring all those good friendship, relations and uh, with Utah, ties, and then build business together, uh, do other positive things. And um, learning language is what happens already. Uh, I know that there are initiatives here and in the other states as well. And we want to thank the Utah for, for the support to Ukrainians who have come here for, uh, after the war.
0: Yeah, of course and in and, and utah I would highlight uh, jonathan friedman who's the honorary consul of ukraine in utah and his office is a great place to get in touch with as far as coordinating all of these things and what's happening with ukrainians that are they're here in utah so appreciate the question let's take one more question um just real quick mean I, I, this is probably a
2: post-war question but the minds of like uh like more like social health health of the of the children or, or mental health of, of the people like how are they I mean, I know you're in the middle of a freaking war, so this is a dumb question, but are you doing anything for the kids mentally during this, this, this time?
1: Uh, yeah, it's really um, a big question, a problem that it definitely affects the children, even though we have you know, lots of uh, evidences of children saying that they kind of get used to that, but you never can get used to that, first of all. And especially if we 're talking about the children who, lo- who lost their parents and uh, who are left uh, without parents and um, there are uh, many initiatives to help uh, children overcome this PTSD and uh, it 's being done in in Ukraine and also the uh, organizations from the United States partner with Ukrainian nonprofits in Ukraine um, to do that also the, uh, our first lady uh, Lena Zelenska, is uh, uh, in the middle of starting the project was that, and I also heard that there will be an uh, organization from Utah who will be partnering to open those centers in Ukraine to do, I don't know if I can say the name because it's not yet uh, started, so I will not say the name, but who will do the, start these centers in Ukraine to help specifically children, Uh, to overcome the psychological problems with use of the animals, specifically the horses, Um, so the kind of horse therapy and all those other things like that. So it's it's being done. It will be done uh, more on that because it's really, really very, very important. Thank you for your question.
0: Yeah, great question. Let's do another.
1: Uh, Yes, I have a question for Dimitro, Um, but quickly before I do that, I want to reach out to my peers here. Uh, If you're looking for ways to help Ukraine and you don't know where to start, Um, let me offer a suggestion so I am I have personally uh, sponsored and am hosting a family of Ukrainian refugees in my home and this is something that anybody can do Uh, and it's been an incredible experience for us and my family and you just never know if you just might mentor the next tech leader of Ukraine when they're able to go back to their home and rebuild their country Uh, the question I have is if I were to tell one of my engineering teams to drop what they're doing and
0: build something completely new. What is something uh, in Ukraine that's
1: urgent or pressing on the software side that may not be on the forefront of people's minds right now? So first of all, thank you for hosting Ukrainian family. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the, the, as I wanted to say that, it's, it's good when people of Ukraine feel themselves here, not as just refugees, but really as, a, as, a, as your friends, as your uh, guests. And, uh, um, you know, Ukrainian IT uh ups companies uh, have been very closely engaged with the Ukrainian defense uh, uh, and uh, helping develop new technologies, so like the, the drones with the software that can uh, uh, help the drones fly in the conditions of very significant radio-electronic um, contractions on, from Russians, which they are using. Right? So this kind of using the AI to, to let the drone to let the drones run without uh, fly I mean without GPS coordinates, for example. Uh, so this is the, one of the, one of the directions where the software can be used. Uh, also there is um, always the, the thing to work in the countering the uh, cyber attacks which Russians are trying to uh, to do and uh, trying to use. Um, so I would say that the technologies, technologies uh, in, about the drones, are right now probably the the most priority ones, and that does not only mean the physical production of those, but really is the software uh, which will be so uh, so updated, so new that Russians will not be able to to use their radio electronic warfare um, against that.
0: Yeah. And I've talked to some other groups in Ukraine about this as well, and and they certainly said just what Dimitro has. I'd just add there's a lot to do with the removal of mines as well. There's big concerns about that where in these places that were occupied, there's huge, uh, you know, whether it's mines or then other sorts of things would be dangerous for people when they come back. And the removal of that as part of the rebuilding of Ukraine is another uh, piece that I've heard about and there are groups that are in the Ukrainian tech community that are doing hackathons around these things so people that are coming together outside of their work hours that are the tech community saying yeah uh, man how can we figure this out how can we solve this problem um so that'd be another one that I'd highlight let's take one last question before we wrap any last questions here before we uh close up the the session
2: hello yeah so first of all thank you for hosting this event yeah. appreciate all of your efforts appreciate me for coming all the way from san francisco just a quick follow-up question to the uh, earlier asked question about employment for Ukrainians. I know there is some uh, number of Ukrainians that are already in Utah, and they do have work authorization. And um, mm-hmm. it's, been, uh, it's been challenging time for them because um, they have to adjust to the culture, to the, a lot of um, other things, just having a new life temporarily in the United States. But uh, I want to see uh, specifically, over and asking you if you think that uh, maybe silicon slopes could in any way help those Ukrainians that came here temporarily with assisting them in um, some workforce efforts. Uh, idea that I have is like I understand there is a lot of challenges for local people given the mm-hmm. microeconomy of the United States. Um, and then all, but but the idea I have is maybe we can open some, um, like, community service for those Ukrainians and give them opportunity to have some project-based, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, project-based work so they can somehow at least support them themselves and children. Because I know all the fa- – like, I know many families that came here as Ukrainians. They have children. And so mm-hmm. while they do have sponsors, it's still challenges for them to be here and support children. So the idea I have is maybe we can come up as a community and maybe Silicon Slopes could somehow put maybe in touch put those Ukrainians in touch with different employees, mm-hmm. you know, in Utah community or in Utah area and see if it can if they can at least give opportunity to those Ukrainians to work on different projects. Because it's temporarily So they're not looking for a long-term perspective, but at least maybe some project-based, you know, some part-time work involvement, that would be great. Just see your insight and your idea about that. Yeah,
0: thank Thank you for the question. Yes, you you. bet. Thank you. Great question. And, um, yeah, I I do think that there uh, is something we can and should do for those people. Uh, I would probably work on coordinating that through Jonathan Friedman's office, the honorary consul of ukraine in utah and then i'm happy to be a contact as well with and a liaison with silicon slopes so if if you'd like to connect with me to talk more about that if you know people in that situation and let's see if maybe there's i, I don't know how big the group is but I, i've had personally some folks reach out about that who just know that i'm involved and i care and they've said hey we have this family that's here with us right now they're looking for work so whether it's in kind of one-off situations or it becomes more of an organized effort. Very happy to help, so please connect with me on that. Let's see if we can find ways for people to do things. I know sometimes it's hard when you're talking about like a specific tech stack for people to get in and kind of contribute if, because sometimes it takes a while to get them up to speed. But there can be things perhaps with their, depending on their background, that they could get in and do. And I know people that, that I'm hearing from are just eager to work. And and for all the—I mean, of course, because they want to support their families, but also because they want life to be going on, and, and they want to be contributing to what's happening here. So, so appreciate where that's coming from, and again, happy to be a part of that. And with that, I know people need to go. Thank you so much for coming and being part of this, and we'll stay here for a little bit longer for those who want to continue the conversation. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you so much.